It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. This is the London Visited Podcast on your favourite podcast provider, bringing to you the facts, history and information about different parts of this great capital. If you have been to London, are planning on visiting, live here or just love London from afar, then this is the podcast for you. Hi, I'm Steve and welcome to our podcast. We're here for all things London and to tell you more behind some of the iconic places and people in London's history. In this episode, we go to the Royal Opera House. Don't forget to visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel, London Visited, to see videos covering this place and so many others across London. Also, if you love the podcast and the channel, why not join us as a member? Join our group of what we like to call our London Visited Crown Jewels, where there are so many different benefits, including a members-only monthly podcast. Have a look by going to www.patreon.com forward slash London Visited. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in a dinner rut? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Now to this week's podcast. The Royal Opera House is an opera house and major performing arts venue in Covent Garden. The large buildings often referred to simply as Covent Garden after a previous use of the site. It is the home of the Royal Opera, Royal Ballet and the Orchestra of the Royal Opera House. The first theatre on the site, the Theatre Royal in 1732, served primarily as a playhouse for the first hundred years of its history. In 1734, the first ballet was presented. A year later, the first season of operas by George Frederick Handel began. Many of his operas and oratorios were specially written for Covent Garden and had their premieres there. The current building is the third theatre on the site, following disastrous fires in 1808 and 1856 to previous buildings. The facade, foyer and auditorium date from 1858, but almost every other element of the present complex dates from an extensive reconstruction in the 1990s. The main auditorium sits 2,256 people, making it the third largest in London and consists of four tiers of boxes and balconies and the amphitheatre gallery. The proscenium is 14.8 metres, 48 feet 7 inches wide, with the stage of the same depth and 12.2 metres, 40 feet high. The main auditorium is a grade one listed building, the foundation of the Theatre Royal, Covent Garden, lays in the letters patent awarded by Charles II to Sir William Davenant in 1662, allowing Davenant to operate one of only two patent theatre companies, the Duke's Company in London. The letters patent remained in the possession of the patentee's heirs until the 19th century. Their whereabouts were unknown for some time, but as of 2019, they're held at the Rosenbach Museum and Library in Philadelphia. In 1728, John Rich, actor-manager of the Duke's Company of Lincoln's Inn Fields Theatre, commissioned the Beggar's Opera from John Gay. 
The success of this venture provided him with the capital to build the Theatre Royal, designed by Edward Shepherd, at the site of an ancient Covent Garden. Inigo Jones, who developed part of this property in the 1630s with a piazza and St Paul's Church, now known colloquially as the Actors' Church. In addition, a royal charter had created a fruit and vegetable market in the area, a market which survived in that location until 1974. At the opening of the theatre on the 7th of December 1732, Rich was carried by his actors in procession into the building for its inaugural production of William Congrave's The Way of the World. During its first century, the theatre was operated primarily as a playhouse, with a letters patent granted by Charles II giving the Theatre Royal, Covent Garden and Theatre Royal Drury Lane exclusive rights to present spoken drama in London. Despite the frequent interchangeability between the two companies, competition was intense and the companies often presented the same plays at the same time. Rich introduced pantomime to the repertoire, performing himself under the stage name John Lunn as Harlequin, a tradition of seasonal pantomime continued at the modern theatre until 1939. In 1734, the theatre presented its first ballet, Pygmalion. George Frederick Handel was named musical director of the company at Lincoln's Inn Fields in 1719, but his first session of opera for the theatre was not presented till 1734. From 1735 until his death in 1759, Handel gave regular seasons at the theatre. Many of his operas and oratorios were written for that venue or had their first London performances there. He bequeathed his organ to John Rich and it was placed in a prominent position on the stage. It was among many valuable items lost in a fire that destroyed the theatre on the 20th of September 1808. In 1792, the architect Henry Holland rebuilt the auditorium. He expanded its capacity within the existing shell of the building. Rebuilding work began in December 1808, and the second Theatre Royal, Covent Garden, designed by Robert Smirk, opened on the 18th of September 1809, with the performance of Macbeth, followed by the musical entertainment called The Quaker. The actor-manager, John Philip Kimball, raised seat prices to help recoup the cost of rebuilding and the cost of an increased ground rent introduced by the landowner, the Duke of Bedford, but the move was so unpopular that audiences disrupted performance by beating sticks, hissing, booing and dancing. The old price riots lasted over two months and the management was finally forced to accede to the audience's demands. During this time, entertainments were varied, opera and ballet were presented, but not exclusively. Kemble engaged a variety of acts, including the child performer Master Betty. The great clown Joseph Grimaldi made his name at Covent Garden. Mainly famous actors of the day appeared at the theatre. In 1806, the pantomime clown Joseph Grimaldi, the Garrick of Clowns, had performed his great success in Harlequin and Mother Goose, or The Golden Egg, at Covent Garden, and this was subsequently revived at the new theatre. Grimaldi was an innovator. His performances Joey introduced the clown to the world, building on the existing role of Harlequin. His father had been a ballet master at Drury Lane, and his physical comedy, his ability to invent visual tricks and buffoonery and his ability to poke fun at the audience were extraordinary. Early pantomimes were performed as mimes, accompanied by music. But as Music Hall became popular, Grimaldi introduced the pantomime dame to the theatre and was responsible for the tradition of audience singing. By 1821, dance and clowning had taken such a physical toll on Grimaldi that he could barely walk, and he retired from the theatre. By 1828, he was penniless, Drury Lane held a benefit concert for him after Covent Garden refused. In 1817, bare flame gaslighted replaced the former candles and oil lamps that lighted the Covent Garden stage. This was an improvement, 
but in 1837, MacReady employed limelight in the theatre for the first time, during a performance of a pantomime, Peeping Tom of Coventry. Limelight used a block of quicklime heated by an oxygen and hydrogen flame. This allowed the use of spotlights to highlight performers on the stage. The Theatres Act 1843 broke the patent theatre's monopoly of drama. At that time, Her Majesty's Theatre in the Haymarket was the main centre of ballet and opera, but after a dispute with the management in 1846, Michael Costa, conductor at Her Majesty's, transferred his allegiance to Covent Garden, bringing most of the company with him. The auditorium was completely remodelled after an 1846 fire. During the following 1846-47 seasons, the company performed at the Lyceum Theatre. The theatre reopened as the Royal Italian Opera on the 6th of April 1847. Costa and his successors presented all operas in Italian, even those originally written in French, German or English, until 1892 when Gustav Mahler presented the debut of Wagner's Ring Cycle at Covent Garden. The word Italian was then quietly dropped from the name of the opera house. On the 5th of March 1856, the theatre was again destroyed by fire. I just wanted to remind you that if the thought of food is making you think of your next dinner recipe, then I'd like to say a big thanks to HelloFresh, who are supporting this episode. There are over 25 recipes to choose from each week. There is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. You can choose from different categories, including mostly meat, veggie, family, quick cook, calorie smart, or pescatarian. These categories help you to have balanced meals throughout the week so everyone can enjoy their meals, from us cooking to our children eating them. For us having busy weeks, the quick cook recipes are so helpful in having something on the table within 20 minutes, so we can sit down at least once together during the day, have a meal, catch up before everyone then goes and does their own thing after. I love that each recipe tells you the prep time and who it's aimed for, which makes the time to cook and the time to choose really easy for our lifestyle on the go. Now go to the link in our show notes and get 50% off your first box, then 35% off your next three boxes. That's the link in our show notes for 50% off your first box and 35% off your next three boxes. HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Thanks again to HelloFresh and don't forget to go to the show notes to find the link to get your discount off your first boxes. The work on a third theatre, designed by Edward Middleton Barry, started in 1857. The new building, which still remains as the nucleus of the present theatre, was built by Lucius Brothers and opened on the 15th of May 1858. The Royal English Opera Company, under the management of Louisa Pine and William Harrison, made their last performance at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane on the 11th of December 1858 and took up residence at Covent Garden on the 20th of December 1858 with the premiere of Michael Balaf's Santanella, the first opera to have its world premiere at the new theatre and continue there until 1865. The theatre became the Royal Opera House in 1892. The number of French and German works offered increased. Winter and summer seasons of opera and ballet were given, and the building was also used for pantomime, recitals and political meetings. During the First World War, the theatre was requisitioned by the Ministry of Works for use as a furniture repository. From 1934 to 1936, Geoffrey Toy was managing director, working alongside the artistic director Sir Thomas Beecham. Despite early successes, Toy and Beecham eventually fell out, and Toy resigned. During the Second World War, the ROH became a dance hall. There was a possibility that it would remain so after the war, but following lengthy negotiations, the music publishers Boosie and Hawks acquired the lease of the building. 
David Webster was appointed general administrator and the Sadler's Wells Ballet was invited to become the resident ballet company. The Covent Garden Opera Trust was created and laid out plans to establish Covent Garden as a national centre of opera and ballet, employing British artists in all departments wherever that is consistent with the maintenance of the best possible standards. The Royal Opera House reopened on the 20th of February 1946 with a performance of The Sleeping Beauty. Several renovations had taken place to parts of the house in the 1960s, including improvements to the amphitheatre, but the theatre clearly needed a major overhaul. In 1975, the Labour government gave land adjacent to the Royal Opera House for a long overdue modernisation, refurbishment and extension. In the early 1980s, the first part of a major renovation included an extension to the rear of the theatre on the James Street corner. The development added two new ballet studios, offices, a chorus rehearsal room and the opera rehearsal room. Dressing rooms were also added. By 1995, sufficient funds from the Arts Lottery through Arts Council England and private fundraising had been raised to enable the company to embark upon a major £213 million reconstruction of the building. This took place between 1997 and 1999. This involved the demolition of almost the whole site, including several adjacent buildings, to make room for a major increase in the size of the complex. The auditorium itself remained, but well over half of the complex is new. The new building has the same traditional horseshoe-shaped auditorium as before, but with greatly improved technical, rehearsal, office and educational facilities. Additionally, a new studio theatre, the Lindbury, as well as more public space was created. The inclusion of the adjacent old floral hall which had fallen into disrepair and was used as a scenery store before redevelopment, created a new and extensive public gathering place. The venue is now claimed by the ROH to be the most modern theatre facility in Europe. In 2014, design work, known as the Open Up Project, began with the aim of improving the entrances, lobby areas and the Lindbreed Theatre. As part of the Open Up Project, IQ projects were tasked with the renovation of the upper floor bar area and restaurant, utilising various elements of bespoke glazing. The Paul Hamlin Hall is a large iron and glass structure adjacent to, and with direct access to, the main Opera House building. The hall now acts as the atrium and the main public area of the Opera House, with a champagne bar, restaurant and other hospitality services, also providing access to the main auditorium at all levels. The building was formerly known as Floral Hall. It was originally built by the Opera House to house a flower market, also selling fruit and veg, hence the name. It was designed by Edward Middleton Barry and opened in 1860. After being used as a concert hall, it became part of the Covent Garden market in 1887. A fire broke out in the building in 1956, after which it sat derelict. It was acquired by the Opera House in 1977 and used as storage space. The redevelopment of the Floral Hall as part of the 1990s redevelopment project involved lifting up the cast iron structure to accommodate new public areas for the Opera House underneath. The southern side of the hall now connected with another building, so the cast iron south portico was dismantled and rebuilt in Borough Market, where it is separately Grade 2 heritage listed. The redevelopment had gone ahead on the strength of a pledge of £10 million from the philanthropist Alberto Valier, and for a good number of years it was known as the Valier Floral Hall. However, Valier failed to make good on his pledge. As a result, the name was changed in September 2005 to the Paul Hamlin Hall after the Opera House received a donation of £10 million from the estate of Paul Hamlin towards his education and development programmes. As well as acting as the main public area for performances in the main auditorium, the Paul Hamlin Hall is also used for hosting a number of events, including private functions, dances, 
exhibitions, concerts, and workshops. The Linbury Studio Theatre is a flexible, secondary performance space constructed below ground level within the Royal Opera House. It has a retractable raked seating and a floor which can be raised or lowered to form a studio floor, a raised stage, or a stage with orchestra pit. The theatre can accommodate up to 400 patrons and host a variety of different events. It has been used for private functions, traditional theatre shows, and concerts, as well as a community and educational events, product launches, dinners and exhibitions, and is one of the most technologically advanced performance venues in London, with its own public areas, including a bar and cloakroom. The Linbury is most notable for hosting performances of experimental and independent dance and music by independent companies such as the ROH2, the contemporary producing arm of the Royal Opera House. The Limbury Studio Theatre regularly stages performances by the Royal Ballet School and also hosts the Young British Dancer of the Year competition. The venue was constructed as part of the 90s redevelopment of the Royal Opera House. It is named in recognition of the donations made by the Limbury Trust towards the redevelopment. The name Limbury is derived from the names Linden and Sainsbury. It was opened in 1999 with a collaboration from three Croydon secondary schools in an original performance called About Face. So, I hope you've enjoyed our look at the Royal Opera House over in Covent Garden. Now, the great thing is, and not many people know this, is that you can get in there for free from midday to 10 o'clock in the evening every single day of the week. You can get in there, there's cafes, and you can also get up to a terrace bar stroke coffee area, which is above the Hamlin Hall. So do go in, and the entrance is right by Covent Garden on the piazza. If you'd like to make contact with us or suggest any other places you'd like us to feature in future podcasts, you can let me know through our website, www.londonvisited.co.uk, or through our social media. It's that easy. And don't forget to click on the link in the show notes down below to get your discount on your first boxes of HelloFresh. And once again, thanks to them for supporting us. Thank you for listening and really hope you enjoyed our podcast and we'll see you soon on the next one. Bye. Thanks for listening and please don't forget to subscribe to get more shows direct to your device. Also, why not visit our London Visited YouTube channel to get even more of London. Catch you soon on the next one.